What's up? Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, November 5th, 2015. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletic Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Beantown Athletics, the only in-house union screen printer in Boston, specializing in custom uniforms and business apparel, also home of the best skate shopping in New England. So grab your skates, swing by the shop on Granite Ave in Dorchester. There is plenty of parking out back. Or give them a call for more information on all your screen printing needs. 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. And make sure you tell them I sent you. So Thursday, which means we got Thursday Night Football tonight as week number nine in the NFL will officially begin. It's the Cleveland Browns going into Cincinnati to take on the undefeated Bengals. Johnny Manziel going to get the start for Cleveland. His first start since week number two, which was a 28-14 win over the Tennessee Titans. But the Cincinnati Bengals, they seem like an unstoppable force right now, at least against teams that they should beat. The Bengals are undefeated, one of four NFL teams undefeated right now. The Bengals, because of that, are an 11.5-point favorite as of right now, as of Thursday early afternoon, heading into Thursday night football tonight. It's not the best game of the year. It's not the best game of the week, certainly, because this is actually a pretty good week. I know I've knocked the NFL a lot this season uh, for some just some bad teams, just some bad performances, a whole lot of bad decision-making, it seems, around the league, outside of a handful of teams. But this week, week number nine, as I talked about yesterday on this podcast, given my week nine NFL preview, which basically you get every Wednesday, every Wednesday, I turn the page to the upcoming week in the NFL. So if you're looking for a complete week nine NFL preview, you can get that on yesterday's podcast, Wednesday's podcast. And again, coming on Friday, tomorrow, I'll give you my picks for week number nine. I give you five games with the spread every Friday. It's a segment we call Picks Picks. I need another bounce back week. And even though this is a week in which there are a lot of very important games, as I mentioned yesterday, playoff implications already here in week nine. And when I say playoff implications, I mean wild card spots and first round buys, and I took a look ahead into what the playoff picture looks like right now if the playoffs began today. I played that little game for you on yesterday's podcast. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about this Thursday night football game in just a bit, and I'll also get to some Celtics stuff. The Celtics lost last night uh, and some of the other things that are going on in the world of sports. But first, I'm going to play you my conversation that I had in studio this morning with UFC welterweight John Doomsday Howard. He joined me in studio. He's a Dorchester native. He came in this morning uh, to talk about his speaking engagement tonight at YMCA of Greater Boston. He will be talking about the new youth MMA program, which is called Level Ground. Uh, There's going to be a demonstration after he speaks. It's free and open to all teens Begins tonight at 6 o'clock this Thursday, November 5th. And he's got a big fight coming up. John Doomsday Howard has a big fight December 10th in Las Vegas. He's fighting against Tim Means at UFC Fight Night 80. It's a Thursday night. You can watch it on Fight Pass at www.ufc.tv. But we talked about the fight. Uh, We talked about what he's going to be speaking about tonight at the YMCA on Huntington Ave here in Boston. And uh, I I asked him a couple other things. Really, I was interested because you know I'm a WWE fan if you watch this. Now, I'm a fight fan. I'm a boxing fan. I, I, I do pay attention to the big UFC MMA fights, but I will say I'm not a... I'm not a UFC season ticket holder. Like, I don't watch it every weekend. I don't watch every event. But the big names I do know, and I do enjoy watching the big fights. And, of course, the local guys like a John Doomsday Howard, who's going to have a big fight December 10th in Las Vegas. We'll be paying attention to that. We'll be rooting him on. But he joined me in studio today. Here's my conversation with John Doomsday Howard. Stick around afterwards. I'll talk a little NFL, and I'll get to my thoughts on the Celtics' loss last night. 
and a couple other things that are going on in the world of sports. So enjoy the conversation, and again, stick around afterwards. All right, joining me in studio today on the Danny Picard Show is the one and only John Doomsday Howard. John, what's going on? Welcome to Beantown Athletics here in your hometown of Dorchester. <laughs> hey, thank you for having me. This is awesome, and actually, um, man, this is not. This is definitely my neighborhood. It's funny. I used to come to the store and um buy wrestling shoes. So this is awesome. Home away from home. Man. How were awesome. those wrestling shoes that you bought here? Though, be honest. Awesome, they awesome. Were. I had them for a long, long time. It was the old school uh, tie-up. You don't have to lie to be <laughs> nice to me just because my studio's in their shop. Like you can tell me the truth. If they were shit wrestling shoes, we can go with that. And you have you can tell me the truth right now. Dude, if they're shit wrestling shoes, I would definitely tell you. I have <laughs> I have no problem being shy or, you know, handling the situation. But no, they were awesome. They were awesome. Here. All right, so you're in Dorchester today. You're in Boston doing some things. You're going to the YMCA tonight, 6 o'clock, right, on Huntington Ave. Tell me a little bit about what you're going to talk about tonight. Um, what I would talk about is perseverance and um, training in my neighborhood and letting my kids know that um, even though I come from the same place that they came from, that it is possible, you know. Um, I, I'm here in a situation where I'm in the same neighborhood, same schools and everything, and that uh, I made it to the UFC, and I'm now, I'm now literally a world-famous fighter. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell them, if I could do it, not only y'all could do it, y'all could do it better than me. And I want to help that. You know, a lot of kids um, growing up, when they saw me do MMA, they laughed at me like, there's no way you do MMA. That's, that's really not a sport for you. You don't come from certain backgrounds. But I proved everybody wrong that I did it. And now I want to share them with that. Like, listen, if I did it, you could do it. How old were you when you started training for MMA? I was uh, 18. When I first started training for MMA, I was 18. And people gave you a tough time they gave with me, that? Oh, they gave me a hell of a tough time. Man, it was hard for me to get fans, people to come see my fights. Uh, it was hard for me to get fights. It, it was so it was a struggle and a half, but it was all worth it. But wait, who gave you a tough time? Like kids in high school or just friends from home? I mean, I'm, I would say more for um, friends from home. Some kids from high school who find out the MMA, but it's, it's more in the MMA circuit, MMA community that you know, I came up in. They gave me a tough time because I, I have a certain background. I come from a certain neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, they thought I was just you know this. Stupid, dumb, don't just a kid, you know, that shouldn't belong here. But I prove everybody wrong, you know. Of all the fighters locally around, I'm the one of the fighters who made it to the UFC. Even though a lot of people doubted me, I still made it to there and proved to them that I, be- I belong there. So what's the, what was that moment where people started taking you seriously? What Did you have that one moment where maybe you either knocked somebody out or you took someone down that you nobody expected you to? Do you have that one moment you think back and say, this is where people started saying, Oh, there's Doomsday. We can't, you know, we can't mess around with him anymore. Yep. The one moment that 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 solidified who I was, and I was definitely UFC bound, is when I fought this game named a guy named um, Mandela Computer. That was my third fight in my MMA career. He was the best in New England at the time. I was just coming up, and uh, it was a hell of a fight. It was a war of a war, and um, the kid was beating me up. I had some looks, but he was getting the best of me. He broke my front tooth. You know, if guys don't know, you know. This is this is fake. This is fake. This is just real. I look kind of pretty, you know, and make makes my mother happy. I can smile again. But um, he broke my front tooth, and that was the first round. The second round, I spit my tooth out, and I came back and I fought him. I broke he, his I broke his ankle, made him top out. I won the fight. So that 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 fight right there made me doomsday. Let everybody know, nope, that guy is serious. I'll tell you what happened. He saw you spit your tooth out coming at him. He shit his pants. I mean, can you, ima- <laughs> can you imagine somebody taking their tooth out and saying, well, I'm not done yet. I'm still coming at you. That must be a pretty scary moment, even for another UFC fighter. Yeah, I think it was. I think once he saw that, he was like, whoa, this kid is serious. I just want to let him know that. Listen, yeah, you might be better than me, but my heart is it's, it's too strong. You know, you have to, you have to kill me before I, I give up. So that, that's why I proved to him. So there's a new youth MMA program that you'll be talking about tonight called Level Ground, right? You'll be speaking, again, at the YMCA of Greater Boston, located at 316 Huntington Ave. It begins at 6 o'clock, free and open to all teens. I mean, do you expect any, and I don't know if, the, if you've heard, asked this question before, but do you expect any backlash from anyone having an MMA thing for, for teens, for youth? You know what I mean? Like, um, actually, no. I think it's a positive outlet. It's about time for some of these kids to find some other sports, you know, Um and it's a perfect outlet. You know, a lot of kids could do boxing and do other sports, but MMA is, is right up that alley. And I would love to be that, you know, that resource, you know, that you don't have to, to resort to, you know, unnecessary stuff outside the streets. You, you can focus all your energy and all 
extracurricular activity into MMA. Mm. You know, not even if you want to fight, just to be disciplined. There's a lot of people I teach just to stay in shape and discipline and discipline martial artists. So I, I, I'm all for it. No, I agree. I, I, I bring that up because I agree, not because I mean, <laughs> to, you know, start a little uh, fight about this situation. But level ground seems like a great program. You'll be speaking about that tonight. But you also have a fight coming up. Yes, I December tenth. December tenth, me and Tim Mees in um in Vegas, and it's going to be a great fight. A Muay Thai fighter versus Muay Thai, and uh, I, I'm expecting nothing but fireworks. You called it a technique versus power fight. Yeah, <laughs> um, you're the power. I'm the power. I'm taking that. And he, he's the technique. Um, what it is is that he's more long and more uh, finesse. I'm more short, stocky, and power. You know, so it's power versus technique, and let's, let's see what happens. I'm really confident. You know, I'm going to get the victory and uh, you, the 7th. And you just signed a new four-fight contract? Yes. Right? And, and it happened after you got a win in July. UFC 189? Yes. Right? Uh, and how big was that win for you? Because you had lost a couple in a row. So that was was that a, the type of fight that you're going into it saying, this is a must win. If I don't win this, I don't know where my career is going to go. Or what? To, how big was that win for you? That big was real serious. It, it proved to the world, it proved to me that I still belong there. I still, I'm still hungry for the sport. And it was a must, must situation that I need to win because uh, I had three losses before for that. And I just wanted to prove that I belong there. I wanted to get that win, you know. But uh, I got the win, and the UFC honored me with a forward um, fight deal. And um, I'm so appreciative. Thank you, Joe Silva, Dana White, UFC. Thank you. you. You're fighting Tim Means. It's UFC Fight Night 80. It's a Thursday night. Watching on Fight Pass at www.ufc.tv. Uh, two nights later... It's UFC. Now, the numbers are confusing to me because you got Fight Night 80, but then you got UFC 194 two nights later. You just fought in 189. That's whatever. That's for another time. But 194 (laughs) is two nights later. And you know the big fight there, McGregor Aldo. Are you going to be... Paying attention to that of one, course, or? of course. So you do fight. watch all the fights. Of course, I watch all the fights. I'm not only a, I'm not only a, a fan. I'm a client. <laughs> that being said, but you know, but I, you watch it a little bit differently, right? Little, Since you're a fighter, like do you will you watch McGregor Aldo and go, I, I could I can take him in this round. Like I I could I could take this guy maybe if I dropped down a little bit or if he came up and we met in the middle. Def- like will you watch that fight and, and will those dots go through your head, McGregor Aldo? Definitely. Anybody I watch, it doesn't matter heavyweight, uh, middleweight, fellow weight, I always um, picture myself. I have made that weight when they came to my weight class, how to beat them and how to move around and everything like that. Um, especially with um Aldo McGregor. McGregor I like to watch because his movement is amazing. People talk about trash about him, like, oh, it's too early in his career for the ship yourself. I, I'm all for him. I'm all for him. I like it because I like his movement. I like his style. And he, he he's so stubborn and so sure of himself. He's like, you know what? I'm going to study my opponent and do what I do best. And that's mm-hmm. what he does. And I, I love his movement and style fight. It, it's, it's so on key on point. Speaking with John Doomsday Howard joins me in studio today on the Danny Picard Show. He's got a fight coming up December 10th, and tonight he's speaking at the YMCA of Greater Boston. Um, John, do you watch, you know, MMA, but do you watch fighting? Boxing, I mean. Do you watch any, like, coming up? Are you going to watch Canelo, Cotto? You going to pay attention to that? Or are you just strictly MMA? Uh, no, I watch Canelo. I, I still watch boxing here and there. You know, I'm more, I always say more into MMA. But I still watch the boxing. I still give um, boxing props. You know, boxing is part of MMA. It's just one aspect of fighting. Because it's the debate that I always have with anybody that I talk to that's involved in MMA or in boxing. Like, yeah. you guys you guys don't like each other, right? Uh, no, we don't like we don't. It's not that we don't like each other. It's we, we perceive each other as who's had a better sport. Uh-huh. I believe we have a better sport because uh, boxing is just hands. MMA is everything from grappling hands, kickboxing. It, there's so many ways you can win a fight. Boxing is either decision or knockout. Which is is entertaining and depends who fighting. MMA, you never know. The guy could be winning, winning fifteen minutes a whole fight, and all of a sudden out of nowhere, submission, knockout, or something crazy. Boxing doesn't really happen like that. Happens more in MMA than um, boxing. That being said, that's why MMA you always on your seat because you never know you never know what's going to happen. Uh, so we mentioned boxing, but I have to ask you mm-hmm. because we ha- and I talk about this all the time as well. A Dana White and Vince McMahon in cahoots. <laughs> I like. Is there something going on there? Like, what's going on there? Not, Honestly, I need to know because I'm a WWE uh, fan. Honestly, so not. I need to know what's going on with UFC WWE. I mean, let me let me break it down. You got Lesnar. You got Ronda Rousey was in the ring at WrestleMania. You got CM Punk coming over to UFC. 
What's going on with Vince McMahon and Dana White? Are they in cahoots? I have no clue. Uh, you got you ask um, Uncle Dana for that one. I have. We're no trying clue. to get him in. I don't yeah, think he. he I don't think he's gonna come in. <laughs> you have to ask him. I, I don't know. I just uh, that's my boss. I just work for him. But um, obviously he's a small businessman, and you see what's happening, and it's just great things for us. Is it great things for CM Punk? You already called him out, right? You already <laughs> yeah, called, called You called out CM Punk. Of course. Uh, WWE wrestling come, come to MMA. You know, of course I want to be the one of the first guys to, to fight him. You know, I think CM Punk is a great uh, WWE wrestler, but I don't think he's a MMA, a UFC caliber MMA fighter. And I'd like to be the first to test that. He's a 185er. I'm a welterweight. You know, I'll come up away and fight him. I'll definitely welcome that. What are you at right now? Right now, I'm 190, but I'm cutting weight. <laughs> so, What do you have to fight at? Uh, 170. 170. Yeah. You got to get down 20 pounds in the next month. Yeah, that's nothing. That, that's nothing. That, that's nothing. You can do that. I could do it. I could do 20 pounds a day. I just right now, I just rather do it safely because uh, it's, it's better for my body. But they would never put CM Punk in the octagon with you right now. No, not right now. I, but no. maybe a couple. But you just signed a fourth fight contract. Maybe you. Maybe a fourth fight. Maybe he has a couple under his belt. Maybe he, hey, it's possible. I mean, are you still? Sticking to your guns in that one, you, I'm still you take him. I don't care. Yeah, you want I, that fight with CM Punk? I want that fight. I don't care if he has one fight, four fights, ten fights, whatever. I'll still wait. I, let's say what happens. He just won four fights in a row. I'll still be waiting to fight him. But do you look at that and think that's a publicity stunt? Like he's just going to run back to Vince McMahon and WWE, and they're just using this to get promotion for UFC, it, um, or, or vice versa with the promotion? I don't think so. I think it's more of a, uh, to prove that he he could hang with the best of the uh, athletes. You and know? you don't think he can? Uh, I, I honestly, I don't. Brock Lesnar was an exception. He was an NCAA champion mm-hmm. of wrestling. He, he's a beast. I mean, he out-wrestled Randy Couture. Randy Couture could have went to the Olympics of wrestling. So he's an exception. Um, Brock came to uh, UFC to prove that he does belong with the top 10. And he proved himself. He became the world champion. CM Punk, on the other hand, um, I think he does Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Maybe he trains in there. But I don't think he's UFC caliber. But if you want to prove that you're UFC caliber, definitely fight me. I'm a lower weight. I'll make 185. Let's do it. Let's see what's up. You're, if you think you're UFC caliber, let's do it. I would like to fight him. All right. So uh, you're fighting December 10th. Uh, you're sitting here in Dorchester. Uh, this is good to do an interview in your hometown, right? I mean, yeah. have you done one of these? Is there any other studio in Dorchester that nah. you can go to right now? There isn't, right? There isn't. You know, this is the only one? This is the only one, man. This is the, it's the best feeling around. I'm literally like at home right now and at the store I used to shop at. So it's, it's awesome, man. Where did you go to high school? I, I went to the, um, Burke. I went to Burke, and I transferred to Madison after. You played football? Yes. And track, I yep. read? Yep. You ran track? I ran track at um, football. Actually, at freshman year, I, I hit varsity right off the back. So I was, uh, I was a tailback. I was short and stocky. Okay. And, uh, I can see that. Yeah, I can always hide behind the uh, linemen. So anytime they, they, they can't find me, I just get real low and just take off. Once I hit the line, I was out. Uh, you're a big Patriots fan. Yes. What's your favorite, favorite sport outside of MMA? My favorite sport, it has. I'm gonna say it's actually between uh, football and hockey. Football and hockey. Yeah. Okay. The Re- reason why hockey is the most uh, related thing to uh, MMA because hockey is go 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 go, and MMA is kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And MMA um, and hockey, you only have like a you only have like a thirty second burst and then you have to recover. So it's like it's the same thing. So I, I love both the sports, uh, but because I play football, I'm like to lean towards football. Football is my thing. I mean, I could have, I, I think I could have went to the NFL. Have it, have things fell into place. Patriots going undefeated. Yes, they're going undefeated. Uh, Do you oh, yes. say that just as a Patriots fan? Are you looking at it realistically at their schedule, thinking no one's going to beat them? I, I think it because they people hate hate and t- talking trash with the ball deflation and all that and. Everything like with cheaters, all this. I think that's just make, making more motivation for Patriots to prove that you know what we are the champions. Not only are the champions, we go undefeated. This to show y'all. That's to show y'all we are the best. And so we should get Goodell in the octagon, Roger Goodell. <laughs> yes. After that shit. No, that would be uh, yes. That what are you awesome. thinking when that's going on? Uh, I, I'm like just... you played football. <laughs> if, if a couple PSIs, would you even notice if somebody handed you a football in high school and? There was a the two psi's short <laughs> no. of what it should be. You no. wouldn't know, right? You, you can't know it like that. That that the 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 detail of that to notice that is insane. You have to mean you have to have a machine to notice that. So that to know that failed, there's, there's no way. I, I I doubt that. Maybe it's possible, but I I don't think so. All right, John. Uh, listen, thanks for coming in. We're gonna get you some Beantown Athletics gear Word. before you leave. That's we don't have. Up. I don't think they have wrestling. <laughs> sneakers anymore uh, in here to so. give you. Uh, thank you, man. <laughs> but um, tonight, again, speaking at the YMCA of Greater Boston, located on 316 Huntington Ave. 
Uh, he'll be talking about Level Ground, the new youth MMA program. Uh, there will also be a demonstration after you speak. Yes, right? be a few demonstrations, a few. Uh... They have the octagon set up. Oh yeah. Uh, no, they have some mats. Um, mats. Maybe, maybe they have the octagon. Hey. We, might, we might get lucky. Maybe get lucky. free and open to all teens begins at six o'clock. And again, the fight is December tenth in Las Vegas. You can get that at Fight Pass www.ufc.tv. He is John Doomsday Howard. John, thanks again for coming in. Hey, Best of luck. Thanks for having me. Hey, guys, here comes the doom. <laughs> All right, great stuff right there from John Doomsday Howard. Special thanks to him for joining me in studio. And I told him after, I said, listen, you know, you sound like you're a big Patriots fan. You're in the area. This studio is in Dorchester. Now, I'm a Southie guy, but it, it doesn't matter. You know, Southie people and Dorchester people, we get along. I work with Dorchester people. I have good friends from Dorchester. So I told him, I said, hey, anytime, you know, you, you're not out training somewhere, you're not fighting, you're in the area, you want to come by, you want to you rant on something Patriots related, or as you just heard him say, he loves the Bruins, and you know I love to rant on the Bruins and all the local teams here. I, I told him, anytime you want to swing by the studio here at Beantown Athletics, you can do so. But we'll be watching that fight. We'll be rooting him on December 10th in Las Vegas against Tim Means at UFC Fight Night 80, uh, which is a Thursday night, by the way. So uh, we'll be watching that. But uh, tonight I'll be watching Thursday Night Football. Again, Browns, Bengals in Cincinnati. Bengals on 11 point favorite. 11 and a half is high. It's high. Well, yesterday, I believe it was 11. It's gone up a half point. Manziel is going to get the start for the Browns. Again, I, well, here's the deal. If you're a Cleveland Brown fan, look, you, I think you have to realize that 2-6 and six right now with the Steelers ahead of you at 4-4 four and four and Big Ben just getting back into the mix. So, Le'Veon Bell goes down, so maybe there's a little hope there you can get back at least to second place or in a wild card spot. But, you know, the other teams in the AFC battling for wild cards, the Jets, the Raiders, I, the Browns, I'm not putting them there. I mean, McCown's hurt, so Mandel's going to get the start. The Bengals are atop this AFC North at 7-0. and I think if you're a Browns fan, you're realizing that you're not going to the playoffs this season. This is not your year. I mean, you say that an awful lot, and I don't mean to knock you. I feel bad. I'm trying to – I'm actually going to give you something that – you should be hopeful about heading into this game tonight. I get it. The Bengals are dominant offensively. Uh, they have they have weapons. Andy Dalton is making all the big plays, even in big games, in big spots, in close games. And, uh, you know, look, the Bengals, there's no denying they're undefeated. So they are for real entering week nine. If you're undefeated entering week nine, you're a pretty damn good football team. So the Browns at two and six – you could say the complete opposite about them. But to give Browns fans a little hope tonight going into this Thursday night game, I will say this. Again, Manziel's last start was very good. Now, this is not the Tennessee Titans that he's going to be playing tonight. It's not. But if you look at the other end, Andy Dalton, in his career against the Cleveland Browns, he's pedestrian. He is. He's pedestrian. Here are the numbers. Eight games in his career against the Cleveland Browns. Dalton is 5-3. and three. 194 yards per game passing. So he's averaging 194 pass yards per game. He has 11 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. So, I mean, he throws just as many interceptions as he does touchdowns. He's a 5-3 and three record. Yes, it's above 500, but it's not dominant. And it's not like he's thrown for 300 yards a game against Cleveland. Now, it's in Cincinnati. I will pick the Bengals to win this game. I mean, how do you not pick the Bengals to win this game? But if you're thinking you want to take a team with the spread, I'm telling you, I think the 11.5 is high. I'm going to stay away only because, look, these AFC North games as well, don't they all, they just always seem like a dogfight. No pun intended with, with Cleveland playing in this game, coming to Cincinnati. But, I mean, it, it does always seem like a dogfight, whether it's Pittsburgh versus uh, Baltimore, Pittsburgh versus Cincinnati. You saw last week, we saw Cincinnati-Baltimore earlier this season be a close game. I'm expecting this to be a close game. Again, some of the reasons I just mentioned, Andy Dalton has not necessarily lit up the Cleveland Browns in his career. Johnny Manziel, his last start again was week two. It was a 28-14 win over Tennessee. Manziel was 8 of 15 passing in that game for 172 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. That was key. They went back to McCown. 
And since McCown's only won one game, now he's banged up, he's maybe been playing banged up, but still, I told you at the time they made that change after Manziel got them that win. I'm saying, why are you going to go back to McCown? That doesn't make any sense to me. Why would Mike Pettin, coach of the Browns, go back to McCown? Makes no sense. Because it wasn't like you're putting in an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady or somebody that was elite or somebody that was proven in this league to be a winner, right? So if you had that type of guy, yes, he's not losing his job to Johnny Manziel. But to me, you should have stuck with Johnny Manziel. Now, Manziel's been in the headlines. He's had some things going on, right? He had the domestic altercation with his girlfriend in a car. Was there drinking involved? Was there not drinking involved? When was the drinking happening if it was involved uh we have that stuff going on the browns they kept him around look i'm just talking strictly football right now with johnny manziel i i just since you don't have that superstar quarterback on your roster to me when manziel wins you that game i don't care who it's against it was against a bad tennessee team but also if you look at the nfl top defenses in the league tennessee's pass defense is right up there with some of the top past defenses in the league. So Manziel didn't throw any interceptions in that game. He threw two touchdown passes, and he, he led them to a 28-14 to win in Week 2. It was Cleveland's first win of the season. They went back to McCown after that. They didn't stick with Manziel. I thought it was a bad decision, and here we are now with Manziel starting again. I'm not saying he's going to beat the Bengals tonight. I'm just telling you that the combination of these games in this division always being a dogfight, Andy Dalton being pedestrian in his career against the Browns, and Johnny Manziel with their game plan, I think it's going to be similar to what you saw against Tennessee, which was don't make him throw the football 30 times, and you're giving him an opportunity to not make many mistakes. And if you can just tell Johnny Manziel to manage the game and not make mistakes, maybe they can get down inside the red zone, and you can ask him to make a couple big throws in the end zone, right, for a couple touchdowns. Maybe. And you keep this thing close. It's a short week. I don't know that Cincinnati's going to come in and, and blow the Browns out of the water in this one. I guess since you look at it and say it's in Cincinnati, you certainly think of taking them at minus 11. But those factors that I just gave you scare me that that is just way too high, even though the Bengals will leave this game tonight 8-0 and still undefeated. You want to go Bengals money line? Go Bengals money line. Be my fucking guest. But I would stay away from the spread. That's what I'm going to do. So that, and by the way, program a note on that one. These games on Thursday night have been on both NFL Network and CBS. Beginning tonight, I believe through the rest of the season, definitely tonight. It's only on the NFL Network. No more CBS. Because when they first started the Thursday night game, right? Remember when they first started it? It, it began late in the season, like midway through the season. It began at the midway point. It began, I think, week eight, week nine, and it was only on NFL Network. They had this contract that I believe began last year in which the first eight of those games would also be on CBS for the people that don't have the spectacular cable packages that'll get you the NFL. Though, I, I mean, I don't know what type of cable package you need to have the NFL Network, but I know I have it. I, I, there are some that don't. That's why they sort of give them the option to watch it on their local CBS network. You know, if you're still out there and you only have four, five, seven, and 25, right, and you're dealing with an antenna on top of your TV, I, I don't know many people that are still doing that, but if you are doing that, I'm not going to sit here and knock you. That's fine. Uh, I'm just telling you, I'm just trying to get into the head of the NFL and the NFL network and what they are trying to do, what their goal was by getting this contract with CBS. They're trying to make you love this Thursday night game so much that when you get to the midway point, they're going to pull the rug from out from under you, and they're not going to give you that game anymore locally. So they want you to upgrade from just having the two antennas sticking up on top of your TV. Uh, is it going to work? I don't know. That's up to you. I'm not going to go in and make the decisions for you on what type of cable package you should have. But that's what they're thinking. And tonight, this game, Thursday Night Football, it is only on the NFL Network. Bengals money line. But to me, stay away from the spread. Now, speaking of spreads, yesterday when I gave you my Week 9 preview... There were two games that were off. You could not look at, you could not see. There was no line on this. There was no spread. Those two games, they've, they've added spreads to those games. One of them is the Jets hosting the Jaguars. 
And the Jets now are a seven-point favorite in that one. The reason being, we did not know who the Jets starter was going to be. We thought maybe it would be rookie Bryce Petty, right? And now that's not going to be the case. It is going to be Fitzpatrick. They're saying Fitzpatrick, who got injured with his thumb last week, they had to put in Geno Smith. Then Geno Smith is running around like an idiot, and he got hit before running out of bounds. He hurt his shoulder or his ribs or both. He will not be able to play. So you're the Jets. You're out there even kicking the tires on bringing Matt Flynn back uh, to a contract, signing him to a deal. Instead, they're saying Fitzpatrick is going to play. They're saying he's going to play Sunday at 1 in New York. Jets host the Jaguars. So because we now know who the quarterback of that game is going to be, we know that the Jets will be 7-point favorites. And then the other game that there was no line for yesterday was the New Orleans Saints hosting the Tennessee Titans The Saints are now nine-point favorites hosting Tennessee. The reason we didn't know or didn't have a line or a spread is because I don't think people knew who was going to be the starting quarterback for Tennessee. Marcus Mariota, he had missed the previous two games with an injury. They are confident, though, he is going to play, and they are saying Mariota will return uh, to game action this Sunday at 1 as the Titans go to New Orleans to take on a Saints team that's back in a playoff race. A Saints offense that has figured out, uh, you know, Drew Brees looks like that rotator cuff and his throwing shoulder's fine, and it looks like he is now a comfortable quarterback with no Jimmy Graham on that roster. He seems to like the guys he's throwing to now. Uh, They have some chemistry, and they tore apart a Giants defense last week. That is the Giants defense, again, going to get a whole lot of fixing, I think, with JPP joining that pass rush for the Giants one again, once again. Will he play this week, JPP, for the Giants? I'm not sure. They're saying there's a chance, but we'll keep an eye on that. But the Saints, uh, they host the Titans, and the Saints are nine-point favorites. So those are the two games. Saints, nine-point favorites, hosting the Titans, and the Jets, seven-point favorites, hosting the Jaguars. The two games that yesterday, during my Week 9 preview on yesterday's podcast, we did not have those spreads, but I just told you why. So that's the NFL right now. Tomorrow I'll give my picks, five games with the spread for Week 9, and I'll react to this Thursday night game tonight, Browns in Cincinnati. Last night, uh, I was all about the Celtics, all about the Celtics last night, but they lose their third straight. The Celtics were a two-point favorite in Indiana against the Pacers team that had played the previous night, and the Celtics had off. On Tuesday, but the Pacers played. The Pacers picked up their first one of the season two nights ago against the Pistons in Detroit, but the Pacers return home. I did factor in the idea that the Celtics would have fresh legs and maybe the Pacers wouldn't, but the story of this one, in my opinion, was Paul George. Paul George, who is returning from that brutal leg injury in 31 minutes last night, 8 of 18 from the field, 5 for 11 from the three-point line, uh, hit 5 of his 6 free throws, grabbed 10 rebounds, and scored 26 points. That was a team high for Paul George. It wasn't a game high. Celtics point guard Isaiah Thomas had that last night. I'll get to the Celtics in a second and their performance and their rotation and their final shot of this game, which could have tied it if they had gone the right route and the right type of shot late in this one. But the Celtics lose... 100-98 to in Indiana last night. The Celtics have now lost three straight after winning their opener against the 76ers, and the Celtics are 1-3. Good news for the Celtics. Good news here in Boston. The Brooklyn Nets lost again last night. The Nets are now 0-5. The Celtics have their first-round pick, which could very well be next year, 2016, could very well be the number one overall pick. We know it's going to be a lottery pick. It could be a top three, could be a number two, could be a number one. But the Brooklyn Nets, they keep losing. So that's a good thing for the Celtics. Bad thing last night is they lose again. And as I mentioned, Paul George with 26 points. Look, Paul George, before that nasty injury, he was a superstar. I mean, he was a superstar in this league. And they were talking about it during the broadcast last night. Uh, Mike Gorman and Brian Scalabrini And yes, George was one of those players, and Mike Gorman pointed out, he makes the game look easy. You know, he's one of those guys that you look at, you see him hit shots. Some last night, he had one too many wide-open looks, I thought. I did think so last night. 
But he was in the kind of rhythm last night that I feel like even if this was somebody in his face, he was still going to knock down most of those shots that he was taking. But he makes it look so easy. When you watch a guy like that hit those type of shots, the Celtics fan of me takes a step back and says, man, that looks so good. It looks so right because it's something that we don't have right now. It's something the Celtics don't have. They don't have this guy that can come in, take over a game with those jumpers. Now, Isaiah Thomas, you saw last night, he is so good when he is driving to the basket. He is. And at times he gets away from that, and I really wish he wouldn't. He had a game-high 27 points last night for the Celtics, Isaiah Thomas. He was in the starting lineup, really because Marcus Smart was hurt and didn't play. But I told you, I need to see Isaiah Thomas in the starting lineup every night. I do. Now, Avery Bradley, all he was the Celtics starting lineup last night. Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, Amir Johnson, Jared Sullinger. So, where Brad Stevens is mixing and matching some things because his first couple starting lineups had Tyler Zella in the starting lineup, right? Also, Marcus Smart. I have no problem with Marcus Smart in there. I think that you could make Avery Bradley a bench player. I really do. Avery Bradley had a couple big shots last night, but he missed the final shot. The Celtics had possession and the last possession of this game, down two, on the road. Two-point game, on the road, 13.7 seconds left. To me, this possession has drive to the basket or feed it to a big man down low all day. That it's just it's just that's the type of shot that you need. And especially they were so successful with David Lee down on the post offensively that I'm saying don't get away from that. Why would you get away from that in this game? Don't get away. David Lee, I thought last night was great. Now he came off the bench, he got limited minutes, 18 minutes, had 10 points, grabbed six rebounds, Sullinger in the starting lineup. He had a nice night on the boards, eleven rebounds, had nine points. Amir Johnson was in the starting lineup last night, as I mentioned. I like Amir Johnson. I told you I want to see him in the starting lineup. But, look, David Lee needs more than 18 minutes. Okay? He does. You can try to argue that all you want, but the numbers don't lie. These are facts. When David Lee is playing 30 minutes a game, he's a double-double guy. He's going to get you 18 to 20 points and 10 rebounds a night if he's getting the minutes. So give him the minutes. Don't just give him 18. And when David, see, Brad Stevens was coming in with this rotation off the bench last night that was David Lee, Evan Turner, and uh, Jonas Jerebko. And I love all three of those players. But the problem the Celtics have right now is, and I've mentioned this many times before, even entering the season from the preseason when I watched them, I said, I've said it on this podcast, I've said it on WEI, I haven't said it on TV because I haven't been on TV in a while, but I've said it. In any outlet that I've ever been on, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, I've said the Celtics are too deep. They're too deep. Is it possible for a team that is one and three to be too deep? And the answer is yes, because you watch them last night, you say they're too deep. Now, look, because look at it this way. Sollinger, Johnson, Crowder, Bradley, Thomas, Lee, Jarebko, Olenek, Turner, Hunter, That's 10 guys that are getting double digits in minutes. And Rosea got in last night. He played six minutes. Tyler Zella only played three. You know, I think what we're going to find out is the the more that Tyler Zella sits on the bench, the better it's going to be for this team to win right now. And that's what this is about. This is no longer about tanking or losing. This is about getting your best, in my opinion, seven, eight guys. If you want to throw a ninth in there, go ahead. Seven, eight, nine guys, your best seven, eight, nine guys, not best 13 guys, best seven, eight, nine guys, and creating a rotation where guys are feeling comfortable with each other to get this team to win, okay? Because I told you how I feel. If they can do that, they can cut that down however way they want to do it. They want to sit some guys on the bench and not play them and not give them double-digit minutes and give someone like David Lee more minutes, close to 30. You want to do that? Then... This team is, I think, going to win 46 to 48 games, be a four or a five seed in the East, and possibly and set themselves up for a fair enough first-round fight in the playoffs with that they can win. A fair fight that they can win. So 
and if they can do that, and you get that extra exposure on national TV in the playoffs, I'm telling you right now, this is part of the plan, okay? Exposure. And not just exposure like, hey, here we are, we're on national TV. How about, hey, here we are, we're on national TV, we're in the playoffs, and we're a team that can win. That's what's going to convince some type of big money free agent to want to play with the Celtics. But you need to get, now you need to start winning. So the next step here is, and I get it, early in the season, Brad Stevens, he's feeling it out. He's trying to get his, uh, he's trying to get his rotation in order. And he is doing things and making changes. You saw the starting lineup last night. You know, you saw it. Now when Marcus Smart gets back, I assume he's going to be back in the starting lineup. My question is, do you keep Bradley there? Because I've gone back and forth to my different starting lineups. And what I saw last night and how I really feel is this. Here's my starting lineup for the Celtics. Now, at first I told you I need Amir Johnson in. And if you want to put him in, fine. I'd be okay with that. But I need David Lee in the starting lineup one. I need him in there. I need Isaiah Thomas in there. And here's another guy I need in there. And I, I maybe it seems like I disagree with a lot of Celtic fans on this one, especially at the beginning, dating back to the beginning of last season. And, but as the season moved on last year, I think people started to buy in with, without maybe acknowledging how much uh, they crushed me for some of my comments saying that I think Evan Turner needs to get the most playing time on the team because he is the best player on this team. Right? He is. Uh, Evan Turner needs to be in the starting lineup. Does this team want to win? Does this team want to win? Evan Turner needs to be in the starting lineup. Whenever they would bring that group off the bench last night of David Lee, of Evan Turner, and Jonas Jerebko, it, cha- it, it just was such, they, they were, it was such good chemistry, and it got them back into the game, and I'm watching them play going, this is it. Like, these guys need to get more minutes. This you know, I, I get it. You want right now. There's an evaluation process on certain players, but I'm I'm pretty sure that you added David Lee for a reason. I'm pretty sure that you signed Amir Johnson for a reason, right? I'm pretty sure that you still have Evan Turner for a reason. This is to win. You want to win? Here's my starting lineup: Marcus Smart, the point guard; Isaiah Thomas at the two; Evan Turner at the three; Sullinger. The way he rebounds the basketball, man, I, 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 he's in the conversation of being an every night starter for this team between him and Amir Johnson for that one spot, that spot. Right now, seeing what I saw from Selinger last night, Amir didn't have a nice night last night. Amir didn't have a good night. Selinger's in. Smart, Thomas, Turner, Selinger, Lee. First guys at the bench, people love Jay Crowder. I love Jay Crowder too. He's a, he's a, he is your typical, to me, Jay Crowder is your typical first guy off the bench that has a huge role on the team. He is. That's great defensively. First guy off the bench. You saw how they, how they handled this thing late last night, right? How they finished it. You know what they finished with last night? Here's what Brad Stevens and the Celtics finished with. On the offensive possessions, he finished with Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, Evan Turner, Jared Sullinger, and David Lee. Now, I assume if Marcus Smart was there, I assume you might have seen Smart, Thomas, Turner, Sullinger, Lee, though maybe maybe it would still be this way. But that's what he finished with. You finished with Lee. You finished with Turner. I need to see them start the game too. I need to see them help this team get off to a good start. That's what I need. So you need. that's how you need to, to handle this thing, I think, moving forward. Give me the guys that are going to give this team the best chance of winning. And my starting lineup is the same lineup that's going to be finishing. Now, on the defensive possessions, you substituted Crowder in, right? And you used the timeouts and you played the whole timeout. Let's make the last minute of an NBA game last a fucking half hour. All right, use that to your advantage. Uh, You bring in Jay Crowder. But Jay Crowder, to me, like... It's and I don't want to make this a bad thing, but the Hugh, the Jay Crowder fans who love this guy, not I love him too, but people love him. And they say, "Oh, he needs to start." I think Jay Crowder can be great. I think we can love him, and I think he can be a huge asset to this team. And you know, you're talking six man of the year around the NBA type of stuff. If he's the first guy off the bench and he can come into big spots like that defensively late, I think that's how you need to use him. It is. That's how you need to use Jay Crowder. 
and, you know, Crowder off the bench, Bradley off the bench, maybe either Amir Johnson or Selinger off the bench next. Whoever you, you know, that's the, that's the rotation. And Jarebko and Hunter for guys that can come in and hit shots. Right? RJ Hunter last night, he got some minutes, got 13 minutes, uh, missed a three, uh, did hit one shot, two points, but baby steps, you get him in, they're going to work him in. But this team, you know, you watch Paul George hitting those shots, hitting those jumpers, score the basketball. You're saying, man, yeah, Isaiah Thomas can score the basketball, but he does it in a different way. You know, it doesn't always look as easy as Paul George makes it, and that's what the Celtics lack, that elite scorer on the wing. But to go out and get that guy, part of the plan here is to win. And now, if you're going to focus on winning, if you're Brad Stevens, you need to cut down on this rotation at some point very soon. And unfortunately, the guys that are out, Olenek has got to be out. I mean, he was terrible last night. I will say this, though, about Olenek. I knock his defense. In the 11 minutes that he played, he had a couple good defensive possessions, which I was shocked with because usually his defense is terrible. But still, uh, Olenek, in 11 minutes, he had no points. Uh, He missed two threes, and he was 0 for 5 from the field, and he did not get to the free throw line once. You got 11 minutes. It's almost at a point where that's too many for him. Right, almost to the point where six minutes is too too many for Rozier, and three minutes is too many for Zella. You take those guys maybe out of the equation. You know, here's what we're talking about. We're talking about at starting lineup. In my opinion, what I would do when Smart gets back: Marcus Smart, Isaiah Thomas, Evan Turner, Jared Sellinger, and David Lee. And off the bench, and it's Sellinger. You again, Sellinger Johnson. You want to mix and match that spot? You can go ahead. I have no problem with Amir Johnson in the starting lineup because I think he is that guy in the post that can also block shots. But Selinger, the way he played last night, I mean, to me, he might have just won himself a spot in the starting lineup. But I think you got to get David Lee back in there. I do. So, Smart, Thomas, Turner, Selinger, Lee off the bench, Crowder, Bradley, Johnson. And then you can use Jarebko and maybe a Hunter for guys to come in and maybe hit you some shots. Hit you some big shots. And I think that's the best way for the Celtics to handle this team lineup moving forward. And I know you're going to get a lot of people that will disagree with me on the Evan Turner thing. But if you watch the Celtics play when Turner's on the court, I mean, this team is at their best, I think. He's the best player on the team, I think, Evan Turner. I really believe that. You know, I get it. He's not the the stud all-star player, but they don't have any all-stars. Isaiah Thomas is the best scorer on the team. No question. He's the best scorer. So you need him in the starting lineup. But Evan Turner, to me, all-around best player. Again, I, I, I know he's not an all-star. But I need Evan Turner in my starting lineup. Clearly you feel, feel comfortable with him on the court finishing games for you like you did last night. So, um, and I know people say, well, your starting lineup doesn't have to be the same as the lineup you finish with. Well, I mean... Look, don't you want to get off to to a good start? Don't try to downplay the starting lineup to me. Don't do it. It's a big part, a big aspect. But they needed to shave off a couple pieces from this rotation. I think they're starting to do it with guys like Zella, Olenek, and, you know, you threw Rosier in there last night, him as well. Um, And, you know, if you get a night in which you are bringing Jarebko off the bench and he's hitting shots, maybe you're not giving A.J. Hunter any time. And I'm fine with that. You know, I'm fine with it. But late, they took a three. I thought that drive, you know, that possession with 13 seconds left. Isaiah Thomas drove to the basket, got by his guy, looked like he got tripped up. But you got to go up to the hoop. Go up to the hoop. And if you're not going to go up to the hoop and you're not going to drive to the basket, give it to one of the bigs because it was working with David Lee last night down low when they were giving him the basketball. I I did not think on the road in that spot he called for a three-point shot from Avery Bradley. I didn't like that one bit. I'm not – and to be honest – I'm not so sure that's how they drew it up. I think Isaiah Thomas got by his guy. I think he was tripping, thought he got fouled. He had nothing to do with it. And he kicked it out to Avery Bradley, who was open, and he missed the shot. I don't know that's how they drew it up. At least that's not how I would draw it up. I would draw it up. Avery Bradley, you want to cut to the net, go to the net. And if he goes, creates contact, misses a layup that he was hitting all night, then so be it. You know, you tip your cap, you can knock the refs, you can say, hey, we, we gave it to our best scorer, and his best uh, ability to me is driving to the basket. So uh, you tip your cap, you say you lost, you try to bounce back uh, tomorrow night at home against the Wizards. That's it. And they will play tomorrow night, Friday night, at home against the Wizards. But that's 
how I view the Celtics right now. I didn't agree with the final shot. I thought they could have tied it, sent it to overtime, and uh, they were getting some good minutes out of guys like Lee, out of guys like Evan Turner, and yes, Jarebko only had four points, but I liked when he was in the game last night, and Isaiah Thomas with a game-high 27 points. It's just right now you got to cut down on that rotation. But I trust that they will. The other aspect is trade value, and if they are trying to get, you know, if you think you're going to add Olenek to a package, it would be tough to put him and bury him at the end of the bench and not give him minutes because he would have no value, I don't think. I mean, I don't know how much value he's going to have when he plays, so I can understand that argument of it too, but I think he probably has more value if he plays than if he doesn't, right? Maybe. I, maybe I'm wrong on that one. But if there is a reason why they're playing someone like Olenek 11 minutes moving forward, then I would hope that the only reason is to maybe try and do everything they can to boost his trade value. But uh, the Celtics need to cut down on the rotation. We'll see if they do it a little bit more tomorrow night against the Wizards. The Bruins played tonight. They are in D.C. to play the Capitals. Tuka Rask was the first goalie off the ice today. No Pasternak. And, of course, no Chris Kelly, who suffered, suffered that devastating knee injury uh, the other night. So uh, they called up Max Talbot. I'm uns- we're unsure whether or not Talbot will be in the lineup tonight or not on that fourth line. But no Kelly, as we know. No Pasternak. And uh, Coco still in a line with Krejci and Erickson. Tukarask, again, expected to be a net for the Bruins tonight. So I'll react to all of that on tomorrow's podcast, which also I will give picks, picks, five games with the spread in the NFL for Sunday's game, possibly Monday's game. You're going to have to tune in to find out. Get this podcast at dannypicard.com. Also on iTunes, subscribe anywhere. Podcasts are available. Follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. Like my Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Danny Picard Show. Special thanks to UFC welterweight John Doomsday Howard, who joined me in studio. Uh, Best of luck to him on his fight December 10th. And uh, I am out. I will talk to you tomorrow.